Thank you, Kelly. Good morning, everybody. It's a beautiful morning here as we, uh, well, happy, happy April. Happy April Fool's Day. That's for real. I'm not kidding you. It's beautiful out there. I hope it is where you are. It's absolutely beautiful where I am and uh, warm enough yesterday to bathe the dog. He's happy. And I hope you're having a great weekend so far. I hope it gets even better for you. So uh, anyway, we are here to talk about gardening. That's a great way to celebrate uh, the springtime in Texas. And I'd love to talk to you live. Jared Taylor is ready to answer the phones. If you call, we actually have half of our phone lines filled right now. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I'm going to get right to the calls in just a moment. 888 888- Two five six ten eighty. April marks the beginning point of a lot of activities in the landscape and garden. Time to start fertilizing in almost all of Texas, and uh, time to start planting uh, new lawns and and a lot of other things. And your warm season vegetables, a lot of other things. If you're in Corpus Christi or Victoria, our southernmost uh, uh, stations who carry the program, uh, it's it's been time for a while. Uh, so bear with us as we try to minister also to the needs of Central Texas and Amarillo. It's tough to be minister to, <laughs> gardening minister to this entire state at this time of year, but I love doing it and I enjoy this program very much. Once again, give us a call. It is 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. And I'll just go into my first break and get it out of the way so that we can get right to the calls. Uh, I'll tell you about my book. It's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. And you talk about uh, trying to do things on time. Chapter 2 of my book is a calendar. It's a 48-page calendar telling you month by month when you need to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden. And it does take into effect the incredible variety of times to get things done from North to South Texas and back to North Texas again. So it will help you a great deal. Four pages per month of when to do everything written for every county in Texas. That's chapter two. Chapter one is the basics of gardening in Texas. And then chapters three through 11 are comprehensive chapters covering trees and shrubs and vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. It uh, is a hardback, 344 pages, and 840 of my photographs. It has comprehensive and detailed lists to help you. Uh, they're, they're charts. They are to help you pick the very best plants for all of your needs and a huge amount of text of editorial information as well. Now, the book is uh, only $36.95, and it will more than pay for itself very, very quickly. I'll guarantee that, or I'll refund every penny you invest in it. $36.95. It is not in stores and not on Amazon. If you ask for it as a Mother's Day gift, for example, or a birthday present, please let the person that is going to be buying it for you know that. If you're looking for it, go to my website. That's where I buy it. That or calling my office. The only two ways you can get it. Otherwise, you're likely to get the old cowboy boot book, which is, golly, that thing is 40 years old now. 40, 42, 41 years old. And the revised edition of it's 31 years old. So you don't want that. This is Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening with Adirondack Chairs on the cover. Here are the two ways you can buy it. And you'll be getting a signed copy. You call my office Monday through Friday, 800 752 grow 
800-752-4769. But by far the better way is to order it directly from my website at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. It seems like these days that temporary storage facilities are on every street corner. You probably have noticed that, but let's do a little bit of math. For what you are paying for temporary storage facilities that you rent, you can own your own metal storage building right there in your own backyard. You do that with a Mueller Backyard Storage Building. Their backyard building kits are easy to assemble. They come with a bolt-together design, and they're priced right. You keep your stuff at home, and you're not throwing away money by leasing storage space. Their kits come in a variety of sizes with more than 30 colors from which to choose, adding style to your storage space. If you need a bigger storage solution, Mueller's pre-engineered standard series buildings can accommodate almost any need. Whether it's a smaller place for a lawnmower, a place for cars, boats, or even an RV, you can have peace of mind that a Mueller metal building will protect those treasures at a reasonable price. You can see all the options at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give Mueller a call at 877-2-MUELLER to find a location near you. That's 877-268. 3553. They are Mueller. They're made in America and they're made to last. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, I'll take that. Let's do it. Let's uh, start with Thomas in Somerville. Let me give you the number again because we still have an open line. You better grab it. It's uh, not quite like a Taylor Swift seat at the concert, but uh, but a little more in demand now than they were back in uh, November, let's say. 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080. Not even close to the Taylor Swift concerts. Uh, Thomas in Somerville, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning to you, Mr. Neil. How are you doing? I am doing super. Good to hear from you. How can I help? We uh, we live in the Somerville Snook area of Burleson County, and we have a rural piece of property that we put some uh, building pads, 1,000 square foot, 1,000 square foot building pads down on and put them on Selectville and did the the roadways, uh, the little roadways with Selectville. And now it's time to um, plant in the areas that are, that have Selectville, but are, that need planting, leftover areas. And I've cult- tilled them up with a cultivator um, a tractor. I've got about a half acre total area. And now it's time to put on some topsoil. And I, I'm calling you to find out what kind of topsoil you would recommend and how, how, how deep and um, whether I should run the cultivator on it after I put it down and whether I should fertilize it. All right. My first question of you is, are there any post oak trees around the area? There are. Yes, there are. Well, I, I, I think they're, well, you know the area better than I do. They're not live oaks. They, some people call them pin oaks. Some people call them post oaks. They're this tall, thin yeah, oak. they won't be tall. pin oak. Yeah, no, they well, will not be pin oak. pin oak. Yeah, let me give you a couple of species names, and, and you can look them up on any website. Uh, pin oak, just for the sake of addressing it, is uh, 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 Quercus 
Q-U-E-R-C-U-S. They're all going to be Quercus, so I won't spell that again. Q-U-E-R-C-U-S. Uh, and it's going to be uh, uh, Palustris, P-A-L-U-S-T-R-I-S. You're going to find that is a northeastern United States tree with sharp pointed lobes. Um, the one I'm asking about is Quercus stellata, S-T-E-L-L-A-T-A. And if your computer is as annoying as my iMac, it will always put an E on the end of stellata and, and change it. It'll autocorrect, so you got to be careful. But that is, that is the post oak that's native through Brazos and Robertson County and in that area where I grew up. Um, and the reason I ask that, and, and then Pin Oak, sometimes that name gets assigned to water oaks, which are Quercus yes. nigra, N-I-G-R-A. Uh, so you need to see what you have. They're a little more forgiving of what I'm going to describe. Post oaks are uh -huh. the least forgiving tree that God ever created of, of any kind of human involvement. They do not like us. They don't want us to do anything around them. You put mm -hmm. an inch or two of soil on them, around them, and they will die. They'll die in two or three years, if not sooner. So that's why I ask you, you, you saw where that came in my list of priorities. Uh, that yep. was the first question I asked you. So, um, if you have any post oaks, you don't put soil around them. You you uh, you do whatever you can with what you. How have. far away uh, is the drip line? Is that the the area you yeah. preserve? Yeah, you okay. you'd probably be okay beyond the drip line. Um, okay. And and if you've taken an inch or two away, that doesn't do nearly as much damage as adding the soil does. It just changes the dynamics so much. Um, so if some of those area, got covered, if some of those got covered, they should be uncovered then right away. That's correct. ASAP, especially this I time get, of year while they're trying to grow. Yeah. Yep. Um, in open areas where you where you're just trying to create planting beds and planting yep. areas, um, I I use the term heroic bed preparation or heroic soil preparation. The smaller a plant is, for example, ground covers and annual flowers and vegetables, things of that sort, get in my in my gardens, they get the best soil preparation I can give a plant. The taller a plant is going to be, for example, tall shrubs and trees, I'm not going to give them heroic soil preparation because I can't do enough for them. they got to be able to grow in what I have because I can't afford to dig a hole 40 feet wide and and six feet deep i'm not going to do that they have to survive where i am um so in the in the shrub beds that are for shrubs uh, six feet and shorter i would probably make sure that you have um uh, oh probably eight or ten inches of good topsoil 10 or 12 inches of good topsoil um, and and then the closer you get to a ground cover bed and, and annual flowers I would work a lot of organic matter into it. Um, when you get out into so, the larger shrubs and, and things of that sort, I wouldn't worry so much about adding a lot of organic matter. I'd just make sure that you and what, what would something you, what other would you than add? fill soil. I'm sorry, I, I was trying to get it all out in one coherent sentence. Okay. Go ahead. Now, what, 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 additive, what, what additive would you put into the topsoil, the organic matter? What is that? I, would, I use, when I'm doing a bed uh, for annuals and vegetables, uh, and low ground covers, I will use uh, five inches of organic matter, two inches of sphagnum peat, one inch each of well-rotted compost, five ground pine bark mulch, just, just five, five, 
five five of yeah. bag yeah, yeah there's there's mark. so much to cover it's hard to get it all out in in one program much less in one phone call uh, but let me let me do it really quickly uh, sure sure go ahead five inches uh, yep okay five inches two inches of sphagnum peat moss one inch each of well-rotted manure one inch of compost one inch of uh whatever the other one that i mentioned before and now I'm, so you have rotted manure compost and finally ground pine bark mulch and what, if what? it's a clay soil like a lot of the brazos valley has i would also yes. include one inch of expanded shale rototill that down yes you cultivated it in, down to 10 okay. or 12 inches and then you're ready to go i hope Good that deal. i hope that covers it that all. does that was great right. that was perfect all right concise well, Thank you. Take so care of much. those post oaks. Good luck with it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All Bye-bye. right. We will go to, uh, let's see, let's go to Brad in Mansfield, who also called very early, and then we'll go to Cleet and Amarillo. Brad, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I just bought a house. I think the yard's backyard has been neglected for a couple of years now. It's just full of weeds. There's no real grass. Um, so I'm just wondering. What steps and processes should I go through to get it uh, full of grass rather than weeds? Okay. Um, Let me see where I would start. The first thing I would ask you is, is it full sun, part sun, no sun? Uh, I'd say full sun. All right. That helps. Um, Okay. The second really critical question is, and you, you may not know yet until you mow it pretty close and, and, and kind of feel it under your feet and see it after you mow it, is the grade of the ground smooth? Is it what you want, or is it bumpy and rutted and a mess? It looks like it's a bit rutted. There are some trees that were removed recently, so I think it's settling. All right. Okay. Um, then that complicates it a little bit because you're going to have to do something to address that. If it had been smooth, I would have told you just mow it and see how much common Bermuda grass you have natively growing in it because you can you can get a pretty good lawn out of common Bermuda grass. It might not be for the obsessive person about lawns because he or she might want some fancy uh, lawn grass. And if you're in that category, then then we go to step two, which is where you're going to have to begin. Um, if If the lawn is really uneven uh, you're never going to have a good lawn until you get in there with a uh, some kind of cultivation equipment and and uh-huh. and and till it and then rake it and and uh, kind of start over frankly and this is the proper time to do that it's not as foreboding as it might sound uh, okay kind of kind of foreboding what i would yeah. do is uh, I'm, I'm not seeing it so i hope my advice is good for you but if it has holes and ruts and things your goal is to have a smooth grade i'm not saying level because you want it to right. drain you want it to drain away from your house and into the into the street into the storm sewer system um, and so the best way to do that is to use some kind of a weed killer and i'm talking about glyphosate uh, the the original roundup and its clones there are other products now in the market that are the same active ingredient, and it's glyphosate, G-L-Y-P-H-O-S-A-T-E. It does not go into the soil. It does not contaminate the soil in any way. There's no uh, residue left. So it kills the existing vegetation. It won't kill trees as long as you don't spray it all over the trees. 
um, and it, but it will kill the existing grass and weeds. And then at once it's had time to do that, which is a couple of weeks, then you can rototill and, and plant your new grass. So here is the, here's the sequence. Without mowing, when the weeds are actively growing and up uh, ankle high or so, you spray the whole area with the glyphosate. The, the better the spray pattern you have, for example, a spray tank instead of a hose-in sprayer, the better the, the results will be and the more precise you can be to, in terms of keeping it off desirable plants. Uh, you give it about 10 or 15 days to kill the existing weeds. Then at that point, you mow it very close to get all that stubble out of the way just to make it easier to, to, uh, to mow it, uh, uh, to, to uh, rototill it. You, you use a rear tine rototiller. Uh, I don't know if you have ever used one, but they're, they're huge and bulky, but they're heaven to use because uh, the, old, the old ad said you can use it with one hand, and that's exactly true because they, uh, they pull themselves through the soil. They don't, they're not like bucking broncos. They will go yeah. right through the soil and pulverize it like flour when it's through. Uh, you don't have to go very far down, just far enough that when you rake it, you'll be able to get rid of all those uneven areas. And then you use a garden rake upside down, the, the rigid kind of rake upside down to smooth the soil. You always rake into areas where you're walking so that you don't leave any footprints. Then you're ready to plant your grass. And at that point, you can plant any kind of sod or even seed Bermuda grass, and, and you're ready. By the time you do the spraying and, and the, the two or three weeks it takes to wait and do all this, it's going to be warm enough for Bermuda grass from seed or any kind of grass from sod. And at that point, you decide what kind of grass you'd like. I, I can't cast that vote for you. Most people right. seem to prefer Bermuda now because St. Augustine has some problems. Zoysi is pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a couple of weeks uh, planted. Do you have that? to rake it into the ground at all, or is it just like put over the top and mm. any topsoil to go there? on top? What do you think, Jared? Sorry, I'm sure Jared's there. All right, I'm not able to tell. Uh, get any report back, so I don't know. It's a different studio. So, uh, not knowing whether I have a report coming back, I will give you the phone number, 888-256-1080, 888-256-1080, and I'll go ahead and do an ad, and I may have a make-good ad on this one coming up at some point, but we'll give it a try. Feed your lawn now, give it a booster shot of dimension at the same time. Fertilome crabgrass preventer plus lawn food contains dimension to prevent those unsightly weeds like crabgrass from popping up. Now, this is for an established lawn. It also contains a slow-release 20-0-3 lawn fertilizer to green up your lawn and keep it well-fed for up to eight weeks. Apply it now to your lawn to and landscape areas. You'll have a beautiful lawn quickly, and it will stay weed-free for up to four months. Mow your lawn. Wait a couple of days before you apply it. Water it in and then wait a few days before you mow again. That's Fertilome, crabgrass preventer, plus lawn food. It and all the other fine Fertilome products are available from the Piney Woods to the Big Bend, the Panhandle to the Texas Gulf Coast. Ask for Fertilome and high-yield products at local, independently-owned 
nurseries and feed stores that is fertile home crabgrass preventer plus lawn food with dimension we'll have more after these messages all right well somewhere in the equipment the electronic equipment we have lost the signal so you got me on the phone folks you can't get rid of me <laughs> it sounds like you got a different me but here i am we are here to answer your questions i think the gentleman dropped on the last call but it could have been our equipment because obviously we have equipment problems again this uh particular way of hooking up is not not working the way it should and in this case it was working fine for a while and uh, anyway all right well let me get my call screen back up where i can see it and we'll just keep moving and uh Keep, uh, keep trying to keep this boat afloat. The uh, phone number, if you'd like to call, if you want to be involved, 888-256-1080. Love to hear from you. Jared, I just need to know if that last uh, ad did, uh, did, did go out. And I've lost my call screen because of all of that, so let me get it up reestablished, and we'll be ready to roll. Um, I think, if my, well, I don't have my notes up anymore. So here we go. This is kind of starting over. We have Cleet and Amarillo. That's where we're going. Cleet, this is Neil. Good morning. Thanks for waiting. Sorry for the confusion there. How can I help you? Not a problem. Yeah, Neil, so I was calling to see. We, we've we planted uh, some uh, scogie and dynamite uh, crepe myrtles up in our area, uh, and we've had a problem with them dying out every winter. And they come back from the root, but, you know, they never get large like they do, say, right off the cap rock. And we're wondering if there's something we could do to get those to um, make it through the winter. Well, they're just not winter hardy that far north. And with the temperatures that you go to, Muskogee especially, Muskogee yeah. is a Lagerstromia forii hybrid, and that whole group uh, is notoriously uh, less hardy than the others. It does better. We have all of them uh, in the plantings in McKinney, and some of its sisters like Tuscarora and Sue um, uh, die on us just way too often. Muskogee normally doesn't, but you're 25 degrees colder than we are in, in McKinney. Uh, uh, the uh, dynamite was, was hybridized by Dr. Carl Whitcomb at uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma, and shame on it for freezing on you, but then again, you your cold is a dry cold, and you're probably, I, I don't compare Stillwater and Amarillo, but I'll bet you're 10 degrees colder than Stillwater. There are yeah. some from Kansas. Uh, Velma's Royal Delight, not that that's necessarily going to be easy to find. It is gloriously beautiful. I love that crepe myrtle. It's not a big one. It gets about 8 or 10 feet tall, and it, but it is a fluorescent magenta color it's just beautiful and it's out of uh, out of kansas and so okay. as a result i kind of suspect that it would be one of the hardiest of all of them when that thing blooms i just i i just do backflips and you got to see me to realize that he doesn't do backflips easily <laughs> i would i would um i would start with that and okay. um on our list of uh, of crepe myrtles I think we have, I'm afraid to 
touch my computer right now. If you'll go to crepemyrtletrails.org, C-R-A-P-E, crepemyrtletrails.org, and click on all varieties, I think you'll find a hardiness zone listing. I put that okay. list together, but it's been a couple of years, and I think I think it has the hardiness zones. And if you can get some that are zone six, you'll be all set. I may be able to awesome. get there. I'm going to try it. Um, yeah, that's, awesome. That's, that's I appreciate that information. Yeah, but hang on. Yeah. I'm going to try it because I think I can do that. Okay. Uh, bookmark. I'm on it all the time. So well, while you're looking that variety. up, I was going to – I wanted to do a little shout-out that I thought might help people. We, we've we had a heck of a time with our dogs getting into our landscaping, and uh, we – didn't realize it, but I found, uh, I guess there's a company called Invisible Fence Brand. It's nationwide, but they came out and put in uh, the system around our flower beds, and now our dogs aren't allowed in the flower beds digging up plants and stuff that we spent all this money on. That was about to wear me out spending all that money uh, all these years, and the dogs come and destroy it or urinate on it and, you know, uh, kill some of my plants. So anyway, I thought uh, I, I had no idea about it until, uh, I saw a sign and, uh, realized their national brand had been around for almost 50 years. So it's pretty cool. Uh, but I have seven like acres stuff. of it here at our house. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've had it's it. Awesome. I, it's not functioning currently because we went out of the dog business a few years ago. I now have a dog again. And by now the County has torn up the whole south side of our property with putting a widened road in, but but it is very effective. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's yeah. good to hear. You you got it too. <laughs> You're going to be very very happy. We've had it for twenty twenty five years. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, good. I think uh, we will. The, uh, enjoy it. Yeah. The website does not have the hardiness zones. Um, and I'll tell you one other thing that, that uh, kind of overrides the hardiness zone uh, information is when it gets cold. If it's the first freeze of the fall, uh, that, will, uh, that, will, that will really cheat in on the hardiness zone, cleat. because if you have a plant that normally would be hardy to, we'll say, 5 degrees, but if it goes for the first freeze of the fall to 11 degrees, you may lose that plant to the ground. They'll, they'll rarely die. But but you'll yep. lose them to the to the ground, and uh, whereas it may survive zero, um, if it has a lot of hardening before it gets that cold, so that's yep. another thing that we've learned. There was a okay. uh, my wife is from Circleville, Ohio, and and in Columbus uh-huh. and Circleville there are crepe myrtles that do what yours do. They freeze to the ground, and then by the Fourth of July they're they're head high and beautiful and red. They're just like a perennial almost. They're beautiful. It's just yeah. disgusting. They bloom just as soon, and they're beautiful, but <laughs> you just don't want them to freeze down like that. But um, there are listings. But Velma's Royal Delight, I know specifically, is one from the from Kansas, and it's it's a good one. Well, I, we'll have to definitely give that a shot. That sounds like a great, great option. It's hard to find. It's hard to find, okay. but it's worth looking for, and, and we're yakking about it a lot in in our part of yes, Texas, and, and hopefully it will become more available. V-E-L-M-A apostrophe S. Okay. Anyway, good awesome. luck with I appreciate it. Appreciate your time. Your Thank you, yes, sir. sir. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right. That complete list is in my book. I will add the uh, the 120 crepe myrtles known 
um, at the time that the book was done. There have been probably 10 more added, 15 more, something like that. Some of them come and go, though, I will tell you. Niels Ferry's Lone Star Gardening, there are 25 multi-page charts like that. The 120 best perennials, the 100 best annuals, uh, things of, of that sort. But the book is not just a book of lists. It is a book of incredible information. It will be a guidebook for you to help you succeed in gardening. 344 pages, 840 of my photographs, 11 chapters that cover every aspect of outdoor lawns, landscaping, fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening for every county in Texas. Chapter 2 is that calendar of when you do all the important things in your landscape and garden. Get the book. If you don't think it's the best thing you have for gardening in Texas, I'll buy it back from you. No questions asked. Sold 78,000 copies of the book to date, and I have not been asked to refund on any one of them yet. It'll happen someday, but those are pretty good odds. So I'm, I'm very happy to offer it to you. It'll be a signed copy. I sign uh, every uh, Monday or Sunday or Monday night. Uh, this past week, I got behind by two or three days. If you ordered a week ago, they are in the mail, but they were delayed by a couple of days getting out. And that one's on me. Satisfaction, fully guaranteed, not in stores, not on Amazon, only available through my website or by calling my office. If you want to call the office, Monday through Friday, business hours, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to uh, order it directly from the website right now. That's neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. More after these messages. All right. Thank you very much, Kelly. Uh, indeed, we about got about halfway through the program today, and the electronics just uh, decided they would take the rest of the weekend off. And uh, so back on my cell phone. So just sitting here, and all of a sudden... There's no contact with the world. <laughs> so this is what we get. Uh, I have one call ahead of you. If you were to call now, you would be the second call on the program, and I would also have a new best friend. So I'd invite you to call right now, 888-256-1080, 888-256-1080. I need you. I love you. Love to have you call, 888-256-1080. We go to Stephen in Giddings. Stephen, this is Neil. Good morning. Yes, sir. Morning. I had a question there, me and my buddy from last year in the sweet corn. The worms got in there and they was eating like quarter or half the ear up. Is there some way to deter them, keep them out of there? Yes, sir. And I rarely will quote anything that my mom taught me about gardening because my dad was the gardener and I don't even quote him a whole lot. Um, because he was doing other stuff. But but my mom said, and she went out with me, and in my garden she would take an eyedropper and put a drop of mineral oil on the silks uh, just as they uh, were about, oh, a third uh, mature before the, before the ears were really formed, before they were uh, um, anywhere near uh, developed. And that's when the, the earworms get in and start uh, devouring the, the kernels. So you put a, just a drop of mineral oil, just the mineral oil you buy at the at the pharmacy or the grocery, just one yep. eyedropper, just one drop, and it stops them. 
Try it. It's amazing. It works. No need for insecticides. It works perfectly. You want to hear an amazing fact? Yes, sir. The corn earworm is the very same insect, uh, I think I have all this right, as the tomato fruit worm, as the cotton bowl worm. All the same insect. How damaging is that one insect? Isn't that something? Yes, sir. <laughs> so anyway, but that's there's your solution, plain and simple. Hey, organic. I like it. Well, I'm. I've, it, it works better than any, uh, any any spray and a whole lot easier. So there you go. Hey, I thank you very much. You are welcome very much. Have a great day. Take care. Yeah. All right, let me take my last break, and let me hope that we get a couple of calls in the meanwhile. Phone number, if you'd like to call, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour, 888-256-1080. Neil Sperry's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter. Uh, it comes from my computer to your email on Thursdays, right after 6 p.m. And uh, the reason that I figured uh, Thursday would be the best time is that most people garden on the weekends. And that way, by coming Thursday, it uh, gives you a chance on Friday to go stop by the garden center and, and buy your supplies and have them ready. Uh, you can also uh, ask any questions that you want of the garden center at that point. Each eGardens will have uh, three very distinct features. One of those features will be a featured plant of the week. One will be the questions that you send to me. And we take eight or ten of those questions each week and answer them. And then another is gardening this weekend, where I point out the most important things you need to be doing that weekend in your landscape and garden. That's what I put in eGardens each week, and then a couple of other stories. And uh, so I think you'll like it. It's free. You have no investment in it. We've been doing it 19 years. We have about 80,000 subscribers. And uh, all you have to do is go to my website and go to the eGardens page, and you can sign up for it in 20 seconds, no big problem. That website is also where you go to buy my book, uh, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. So if you'd like eGardens, go to neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Click on eGardens, and you can see the most recent example. We always leave it archived there. neilsperry.com. Click on eGardens. I want to tell you about Mueller once again. I'm proud to tell you about them. The 1930s were difficult times for America. The country was in the Great Depression. Jobs were scarce, but hopes remained high. And it was during that time, that difficult time, that Mueller started making metal products. And now here we are 90 years later, more than that even. And the Mueller name is known across the South as having the finest in quality steel and workmanship. Mueller and its products, they understand what it means to weather the storm. A Mueller metal roof is made to last and protect you and your most valued possessions from the harsh weather we're accustomed to in our area. A Mueller metal roof can endure the intense sun, the heavy rain, hail, and snowstorms for years to come. That's a lot longer than a conventional roof. If you want peace of mind for the future, choose a metal roof for your home, a roof that's made by Mueller. Visit MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Learn more. Find a location near you. You'll see why a Mueller metal roof is the best thing to put over your head. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. 
That's 877-268-3553. Or stop by one of their 33 locations. They're Mueller. They're made in America. And they're made to last. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly, very, very much. A couple of things as we wrap the program up today. Uh, It is the time now to fertilize your lawn and your landscape, all your plants. The the trend, and it's uh, a trend that has been a long time coming, is to use no phosphorus, none of the middle number in the fertilizer analysis. You know, every every fertilizer, whether it's liquid or, or granular, uh, and this is organic or inorganic, has to, if it claims to be a fertilizer in the state of Texas, it has to post its guaranteed analysis of contents, the, the nutritional content, as three numbers. And uh, the first number is nitrogen, the middle number is phosphorus, the third number is potassium. Phosphorus accumulates in soils, and it can become almost very harmful. Uh, I don't want to say toxic, but detrimental. And so there are states that won't allow any phosphorus to be put in fertilizers, entire states. So what you need to do is uh, is either get a high nitrogen or all nitrogen fertilizer, depending on what the soil test calls for. Uh, if you're in a sandy soil, you may need some phosphorus. If you're in a clay soil, you probably need none. And uh, you want about oh, 30 to 40 percent of the nitrogen, the first number, to be in slow-release form. It would be encapsulated or coated or some wording of that sort. Let your nurseryman or your hardware store uh, professional or your feed store professional, uh, hopefully a Texas-certified nursery professional, explain to you, show you the fine print, and explain what all that means. But you want some slow-release nitrogen and then fast-release for a quick green-up. This is the time to fertilize. If you have a St. Augustine lawn, you would fertilize again in early June and 1st of September. If you have Bermuda, you would start now and every two months through the 1st of October, so the 1st of April, 1st of June, 1st of uh, August, 1st of October. Uh, Zoysia would be now and uh, again uh, about the 1st of June and also in September. And the buffalo grass, you just do once, and that's May. You don't do a lot of feeding with it. So uh, that's important, the, the fertilizing. Um, also, relative to Easter lilies. This is uh, greenhouse growers' least favorite crop. (laughs) They hate them. And and I'll tell you why. It's kind of an interesting thing that a lot of people don't think about. Lilies are dug. They grow from, uh, obviously, from bulbs, not from seed, because they are planted in, in around the first of the year. Easter varies by almost four weeks from one year to the next. And so what you learned last year doesn't apply at all this year. Uh, Every time you warm them up to make them grow faster or cool them down to slow them down, you start watching buds fall off onto the bench top, the the greenhouse table, if you care. Um, And and they're sold by bud count. It's just a dreadful thing to watch. Um, they They are just cantankerous to grow, expensive to grow. But, you know, there are some masochists out there who continue to grow them, thank heavens. Uh, When you get an Easter lily, enjoy it. Uh, With tweezers, pull out the anthers, the pollen sacs, before they open. That'll make them look beautiful much longer. They won't get the yellow pollen all over them and all over your clothes. 
If you ever have that pollen on your clothes, lay the clothes out in the sun for three or four hours, and it will go away. You cannot wash it out. You can't rub it off. It's dreadful. But you put it out in the sun, and it will go away, an odd little fact that you didn't know. So anyway, hope all that helps. Jared Taylor, nice job today. Until next week, we'll be live next week, the day before Easter. Hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening. Happy gardening.